0: Grace, mercy and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen You know, uh, it's been said that, that brothers or sisters may say something like this in, in a fit of jealousy. And maybe, maybe you've said it to one of your siblings. I may have said it to mine. "Mom always liked you best. Your dad's favorite. I suppose it's true. You know, sometimes parents can show favoritism. But what about God? Have you ever thought about that before? Does does God show favoritism? Can I point at you or you or you or you and say, you always were God's favorite? Well, the answer is yes. Right? The Word of God before us reminds us that God's favor has been revealed to each one of us through his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, God tells us that regardless of what it is that we have done, God's favor rests upon us through the forgiveness of sins found only in Christ Jesus. You always were God's favorite. Was that true? In one sense, I'll say it's not. In terms of what we deserve, it's God's wrath, not his favor that should come upon us. Paul says that we are by nature children of wrath from Ephesians 2. Because of our sinful nature and the sin that it produces in our lives, we do not deserve to be God's favored sons or daughters. We deserve to be sons or daughters that God punishes both now and forever. But don't despair because in another sense, in a grace in a sense full of grace, you always were his favorite. Paul says that God chose you in Christ before the foundations of the earth, From Ephesians 1. God's words to, to Jeremiah could be spoken to each one of us. Before I I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And from Psalm 139, God tells us that he knit us together in our mother's womb and that he saw our unformed substance. Think about that. God chose you before the world began. God knew you before you were you. God was present and active in your development in the womb. Yes, there is no doubt about it. You always were his favorite. But just what does it mean to be God's favorite? That question brings us to our gospel text for today. Jesus visits his hometown of Nazareth. And as was the custom, he sat with the, in the synagogue and he was given the scroll of Isaiah and, and asked to read it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, he begins. And we know that this is uh, true and that he means this quite literally because when he finishes, he says, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Right? Jesus is the Christ, he is the anointed one. He is the one who has come to proclaim good news to the poor and to bring liberty to the captives and sight to the blind. Jesus comes, in short, to perform or to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, there's that word again, favor. The word favor as used in the scriptures has to do with being accepted by God. To be God's favorite means that he accepts you. It means that he accepts you, though, based on his love for you, not on your ability to make yourself acceptable to him. See that's what's so great about being God's favorite. It doesn't depend on you or what sins may be lurking in your past. Being God's favorite means well, that the past is forgotten. The Old Testament there were years of the there was a year of the Lord's favor. It was a time where the past was forgotten. And that was called the year of Jubilee. Every 50 years, past debts were canceled, slaves were freed, and the land was returned to its original owners. The size of your debt, how long you've been a slave, or the number of years uh, you've been without your land, well, it didn't matter. For every 50 years, you got a brand new start. A brand new start. See, that's exactly what it means to be God's favorite. And the fact is that Jesus came to give everyone a brand new start. But what Jesus gives is much greater than just having a debt removed or being, uh, being freed from, from slavery. The good news that is, is that, Jesus brings, uh, it's, that Jesus brings not just for those who are poor financially, it's for those who are poor in spirit. For those who recognize their debt of sin and their inability to pay, pay for it or to do anything about it, Jesus says, I favor you. I have assumed your debt of sin upon myself, and I have paid it in full with my blood. You are brand new. The liberty that Jesus proclaims is more than liberty for captives in jail, It's liberty for those who are held captive by sin. Jesus says, I favor you and I grant you daily liberty of forgiveness as you remember your baptism. You have a brand new start each and every day. The sight for the blind that Jesus offers is more than just physical sight. He gives the sight of faith. Jesus says, I favor you and my spirit will convince you of what you cannot yet see with your eyes. Now you have brand new eyes, eyes of faith that assure you that I am present with you always. The release from oppression Jesus offers is more than release from any sort of oppressive ruler or government. Jesus offers release from the burden upon myself. You have a brand new start, regardless of your past. So what does it mean to be God's favorite? It means that he accepts you because of what Jesus has done through his cross and his resurrection. It means that he accepts you regardless of what you've done. It means that he accepts you and he sees you as brand new because in him you are a new creation. Yes, you are always God's favorite. Acceptable. Brand new. But I guess the question for us today, too, is is really who is included in all of this? Is it fair to include everyone? Think about that in the year of Jubilee. And undoubtedly, there were some who were grumbling and complaining. Was it fair? that a debt of several thousand dollars was forgiven just like the debt of a few dollars? Was it fair that, that some got hundreds of acres of land where others only got an acre or two? Is it fair that God should favor, God's favor should be extended to everyone regardless of the number of sins they have committed or even the horror of their sins? Was it fair well, the people of Nazareth didn't think that it was fair at all. Well, they spoke well of Jesus and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth, but, but that lasted only as long as those words favored them. But things changed pretty quickly. Jesus knew that his fellow Nazarenes wanted him to do miracles of healing as he had done in other places. But he also perceived their lack of faith in who he really was. If we were reading Mark's account of the gospel, where Jesus visits Nazareth, it says there that he could do no, he could heal no one because of their unbelief. In Luke's gospel, Jesus then gives examples of Old Testament prophets whom God sent to show favor to non-Jews. To those Gentiles. Elijah extended God's favor to the widow and Zarephath, and Elisha extended God's favor to Naaman the Syrian, both of whom were non-Jews, were Gentiles. The hometown crowd is, is suddenly filled with wrath. It's not fair, they cry. How dare Jesus imply that God would favor these? non-Jewish, these Gentiles, over us. They were so enraged by this perceived insult that they drive Jesus out of town so that they can kill him. But this wasn't the time or the manner of Jesus' death. Instead, he simply walks away and he goes to extend his favor to others. The people of Nazareth... Illustrate for us why some people reject God's favor. They thought that they deserved his favor. I mean, after all, this was his hometown. If anyone deserved to have Jesus heal them, it should be the people that knew Jesus and his family. It should be the people who babysat Jesus maybe when he was younger or helped support the family when money was tight or, or, or whatever they did a good deed for Mary or for Joseph. Joseph. I mean, shouldn't they, of all people, deserve healing or some miracle because of what they did for him? See, those who think that they're accepted by God because they are acceptable in their, by their own merits, well, they end up rejecting God's favor. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we we know better than to think that we're good enough to deserve God's favor, right? But what we may sometimes struggle with is the fairness of God's favor. Well, how could God forgive so-and-so for such-and-such a sin? Is there favor for the rapist? For the child abuser? For the murderer? Well, surely not them, right? Right? That wouldn't be fair. We can fall into that trap of thinking that God could not possibly favor certain people, but, but maybe perhaps instead of thinking about other people, we tend to think more about ourselves in this. We think that we have done something that God couldn't forgive. Because of a particular sin in our past, we doubt whether or not we could ever be God's favorite. Maybe because it was of our part in, in, in breaking up a marriage. Or maybe because of words that were spoken when, when tempers were flaring that led to fists flying. Maybe because of intentional harm done to another, either physically or emotionally. Right? I mean, some sins burden us even though we intellectually know that God forgives. Perhaps this morning you're hurting because of a sin in your past and you can identify with those words in the text that talk about being captives or being oppressed. You feel imprisoned, surrounded by the thoughts and the memories of that sin. You feel oppressed by the the burden of shame and guilt as these these thoughts weigh upon you. To be honest, you don't feel very favored by God. But see, this is where the good news of the text comes. And this is where the good news for you who are poor because of your sin is because Jesus came to proclaim favor the year of the Lord's favor to you. And through Jesus, God's favor rests upon you. Through Jesus, God makes you acceptable by the forgiveness of even that sin. Through Jesus, God liberates you from the captivity and that oppression to sin. And through Jesus, God says to each and every one of you, you always were my favorite. We dare not be like the people of Nazareth and think that there are those who should not hear that message. I mean, God's favor is for all who sinned, whether it's in great or in minor ways in the eyes of others. If we don't talk about the way that sin binds us and holds us captive, we'll never be able to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor to those whose sin still seeks to hold them. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, (laughs) You may have said it in jealousy to a brother or sister. Well, you were always dad's favorite. But here again, how God says it to you this day in love. You are always my favorite. God says that to you regardless of your sin. You are always my favorite. God says it to you because of Jesus Christ. He made you acceptable, and He always makes you a new creation and gives you a brand new beginning. You are always my favorite. So take it to heart, and take it personally. When God says to you this day, you are always my favorite. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.